0: Welcome to
1: Seize the GM. I'm your host, Zended. I am your co-host, Jules.
2: And I'm Garda Moget.
1: Have you ever had a great idea for a campaign? Do you have a group of friends who want to play an RPG, but you have no one to run it?
2: Do you want to see what the world is like behind the GM screen instead of in front of it? Well, we're here to help you do just that.
3: Each week, the three of us will be discussing
0: various GMing topics, terminology, maps, atmosphere, world building, you name it. So sit back and relax.
1: Let us help you. <laughs> Improve your art of GMing.
2: One show at a time. <laughs> Banter <laughs> And
0: we are entering the banter segment.
2: Hello, hello. Welcome back, folks. Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, people of all ages and gender definitions. Welcome to Seize the GM, and we are glad you are listening to us. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, is, hey,
1: hey, it's I, it's better than Zippy. Enough?
3: <laughs> How do I follow that up? Everybody else is like, hi, hello. And then Gautamanjay is just like,
1: blah. <laughs> All this crazy. He's like, blah,
0: here's political correctness in your face.
1: No, no, no. It's that, that kind of like super slick, kind of, I am a good, speaky person.
2: <laughs> good, speaky person. <laughs> I
1: may have I turned used- in
2: point. She is not. I may have turned my radio voice on as we return to recording once again for Seize the GM. I have missed speaking into a microphone. Can you tell?
1: Uh, A little bit, yeah. About like I have. Skosh, (laughs) skosh. Oh my gosh. So, ah, it's been a while. We missed you guys. Uh, Sorry, life decided to go crazy. And then there were storms. And then there were puppies. And then there were were illnesses. Yeah, one of my friends got a puppy. Ooh,
2: puppies.
1: Aww. Puppies are cute. And, and you know, it's just, a, it's like, oh, but, you know, puppies like to chew on a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, puppies, very dangerous. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, they can be. Oh, man. So what has everyone been up to? I've been uh, painting minis. Damn you. Damn you, Zen.
0: Hey, I take full responsibility for that. (laughs) I'm sure you don't.
2: I'm going to chain on to this damn you, Zen thing, and because of a conversation,
0: oh, this is awesome.
2: conversation uh, Zen and I had inspired what is currently going up in the card catalog, which is the Changeling the Dreaming revamp. Uh, so yeah, our, our discussion about it, which you may have heard in a recent episode about maps where it was mentioned, involved the efficacy of Changeling the Dreaming, and so I ended up hammering out. When it was all said and done, something on the order of fifteen thousand plus words. Jesus. Wow. Uh, between all the characters and kind of highlighting the way it works and and, and what you can do with it. And so uh, damn you Zen, and I'm right.
0: I, it's still could, not the best game, but
3: could could we maybe at this point start having just a zine come out of of just changing <laughs> <saintly> characters? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> You're not board, no, but
0: we, we could, could do Wraith. Characters. Characters. We could totally do Wraith.
2: J- next. I'm working on that next. I actually have five or six Wraiths from Wraith the Oblivion to follow up our Changeling the Dreamling just to balance it out after our discussion. Okay. Good go. Yeah. So, yes, I'm if scary. you haven't been reading along – card catalog every week we've got the write-ups of the character both from story and crunch side and we're going to go through two and a half months worth of old school 90s white wolf world of darkness the two least popular and least successful games but the two with the most rabid fan bases changeling the dreaming is dropping now which i contend is the best of all of them and the purest and wraith the oblivion which may well have
3: been the most well-created
2: of the five and
3: the best. I'm confused. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, giving <laughs> us the, the series we love the most praise.
1: How about, how track. about, at or-
3: know.
1: <laughs> you know what, how about this at origins? You two, you know, you get together and you cosplay <laughs> as a character, one of you from raid, one of you from changing and then you duke it out. The or girls a- are going to be very happy with that one.
2: Or do an <laughs> epic
0: rap battle. We could do an epic rap battle.
1: Uh, I'm,
2: <laughs> uh, we have jewels.
0: Absolutely
2: yes. dumbfounded. Yes, I mean yeah, seen because seen
1: I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Gardemange and I have a musical background. You
3: know, can, can, can I just ask something real uh, fast? Yes.
0: it will be
2: recorded and streamed to you.
3: Uh, where's the Patreon link so I can donate to make this happen (laughs) that would be at patreon.com
0: slash seize the GM podcast
2: we will need to go on and update the rewards and the goals that is not an actual listing yet however (laughs) Tell you what, since
0: we've not been pushing it. I
3: will totally do that. There are certain friends of us in the Podosphere who do do certain musical rewards, so I'm just saying. This is not that
2: atypical for Patreon rewards. Mm -hmm. It is true.
3: Alternatively,
0: alternatively. No, do you have something that you're going to say, damn you, Zen, for? I mean, I'm feeling the love here. I've already gotten two out of three, so. Uh-huh. I, I
1: poked myself in the eye with a paintbrush because of you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not because no, of
0: me. That's no. because you're clumsy. That's different. No
3: no, Point. No, 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 no. I've got nothing to say, damn you, Zen, about it. I only have good news. What's that? Mm-hmm. I've got this thing that came out right before our last recorded episode. But you I did. might have forgotten in my closing remarks to mention it, even though it was probably the biggest thing that's happened to me all year. Besides what would that yeah. be? Sir. I published a book. Ooh, yeah,
0: that is awesome. I I have seen you talking about it on Face the Books.
3: <laughs> Face the Books, Face
0: yeah. the books. Praise
1: the Book of Faces. Ladies yeah.
2: and gentlemen, if you're listening, our good friend, co-host, and founding member of seize the GM, Null Operations, has published a book. And you know what you should do? You should get onto your Amazon account and you should go buy the ebook that Null has published, which can be found at
1: The link in the doobly doo because I'm not out. <laughs> yeah, I write think that that's gonna album. be
3: the easiest way to do it. I mean, I can make a bit (laughs) or something real fast, but still, the (laughs) book is Doppelganger, Draco Artifactium Book 1. If you like sci-fi, if you like fantasy, if you like a genre that could probably be called Elf Punk,
1: you'll enjoy the book. If you like Null, you'll enjoy the book.
3: If you like any of us, you should
2: go (laughs) get it and enjoy the book.
1: Uh, No, no, I'm a cynical bitch. You know, half the people don't like me. (laughs)
3: No, <laughs> oh. so no, no, no. There, Noel, there, there are characters in the book that might be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Noel, if we were to, you know, have a a goal of how many uh, downloads or sales would let you, you know, do a a, a damn you Zen start. What would that goal be?
3: <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the download goal of I could start saying damn you Zen if enough people get the book from the podcast yes eh, you less lowball. shoot for five five <laughs> But
1: yeah you're worth a lot aren't you there buddy it's
3: a bigger damn you Zen
2: <laughs> if there are five more downloads of the book by the end of September 2018 then, the first time we record in October of twenty eighteen we'll have a damn you Zen start from null
0: well, except we're not gonna go with this one because that's something else that's kind of uh that we're we're gonna talk about here in the banter segment, even though it's technically business is because we have had so many problems of late, we are gonna start releasing on a twice a month schedule. If we can try to get a a third or a fourth episode in, we're going to try, but as it sits right now, we're going to shoot for two a month just because life is hectic and we're all getting ready to go into the holidays.
2: We started strong, we were doing great, and then the entropy of podcasting set in. And so rather than disappoint you our listeners, what we want to do is change your expectations to two high quality shows a month rather than four, eh, okay, quick, we've got to get this done shows a month.
1: Yeah. I, I call this Murphy's Law of Podcasting, said, like, yeah, we're starting to, and then high explosions.
2: Yeah, I, I i have I have developed a fondness for my podcasts, which are once a month releases, even if they're three hours.
0: Yeah, I, I it's one of those things I, I I've been doing a lot of thinking about and with the way our schedules have all lined up, we're probably going to do and every other week. And if we can get some of the other people in and maybe do an interview or a GM chat or something, we may we're throw gonna,
2: those extras in. We're going to guarantee you two a month, and we're going to try to see if we can do a value add for a third a month as it occurs and possibly with interviews. And if you really, really, really want to hear that third or maybe a fourth a month, you should go to patreon.com slash the GM and throw us a few bones. And that will demonstrate to us that we need to clear our schedules and prioritize you in our life. You know,
1: yes. Gaudermanger, uh, are, <laughs> are you shamelessly self-promoting again?
2: I am shamelessly self-promoting again. Well, we kind of need to. <laughs> yeah.
3: And on that note <laughs> – I mean I, I should say as someone who does listen to a lot of podcasts, I think our listeners probably will appreciate it. As someone who is a year behind in their uh, apps, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to get one or two less.
2: Like I said, the ones that went to once a month, even if they were a little longer, have really gained in my estimation because I'm like, I can just listen to you on one weekend when I'm doing yard work. Yeah. Yes. Even at yeah. time and a so, half. So yeah, that's that's the goal. And
0: I've got a something that I'm gonna be discussing with a couple of people and we will if that happens there will either be a blog post or something to let people know about it keep your eyes on the doobly so, do yep indeed uh, so but since we're <laughs> changing up the system here a little bit I think that's, that's a, a, a very oh, wonderful good
3: segue, good segue. clap 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 good segue.
1: Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> My God, you, got, you made more and more forced every time, man. Oh.
3: <laughs> he has a brand,
2: he sticks to it. Hey, yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. It works. But yet,
2: since we're changing up the topic and changing up the way that we're publishing the podcast, let's talk about changing up rules and moving on to our main topic, which is about when you ought to change some of the rules. I mean, sometimes you've run into games with house rules. I mean, if you play board games, what do you do in Monopoly when you land on free parking? I'll bet every one of us has a different answer so
1: flip the board and say f this game opoly's dull
2: so <laughs> how that's a. other than running away and leaving the group behind like Jules, <laughs> when do you make a house rule and why?
0: Well yep. you know what there's an e- there's a, a really easy one and that's if you um, have something that's really broken.
2: And let's just say that we respect all of the game designers out there, and we know a number of them, and we respect what they do, but sometimes they will tell you something gets into print that just doesn't work.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's kind of like, what kind of crap were you smoking and why weren't you sharing? Well,
3: you know, it's, it's just like running a game. Sometimes, no matter how much you plan, how much you design, how much you test, sometimes... Times people do odd things with what seems really clear to you at the time of development when it gets up to the book.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's also like coding. It's like 99 fun little bugs in the code, take one down, pass it around, 1,403 bugs in the code. You yeah. fix one thing <laughs> and it blows everything else up.
2: Yeah. Well, and the other way this happens, um, I use the Shadowrun 2050 4th uh, ed book as an example. Mm hmm. If you know Shadowrun, decking, where you log into the Matrix and and kind of get to do the fun alternate virtual reality part of the world, is a core component of that game. And in the 2050s, how much memory your deck had mattered, the costs matter. Mm -hmm. In the editing, the chart with the costs for decking equipment and uh, extra memory was excluded from the 2050 book. Whoops. Yeah. Now that information was released by the freelancer at a later date however in the published material you absolutely could not make it work without having to make a call on your own yeah and that's that gets to one of the the basic fundamental parts of interpreting rules which is the rules as intended versus rules as written and the rules as written in Shadowrun 2050 had no cost for extra storage space the rules as intended, especially for those of us old fogies who go back to the original core rulebook. What are no- you talking about? I remember back in the... <laughs> <laughs> you remember the, remember the beta 20 test.
1: Megs I, I actually do
2: the remember test. the beta test. I know you do. That's the point. <laughs> so at that, that's where you're like, eh, you're supposed to actually have a limit on your memory. So, so what are the costs? Let me look at what else is in there. That's kind of the like most basic crunch house rule orientation literally something made it through play testing that didn't end well, up working. something
0: even made it through
2: editing
1: yeah look we've ta- been
2: caught we've talked about jewels and zippy before
1: uh-huh.
2: zippy has the magical power of finding ways to break a system
1: Yes. This is why you don't put the two of us on a team, because I can look at it, figure out every strategy, break every strategy they throw at us. And he's creative and, uh, you know, uh, manipulative and, and charismatic enough that the GM goes, where the heck did that come from? Yeah,
3: well, that's and exactly that, what he's talking he about. He has the ability to <laughs> alter reality itself.
2: Well, and that, yes. that exactly go- that, off. that exactly goes into kind of the next reason to make a house rule. To have more fun. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So Zen, what do you think about when you're trying to have more fun? What are some of the examples of when and how you'd make a house rule to have more fun?
0: Well, the easiest ones are if when I've been running something and if I have to dig for a rule. There was years ago – when I had not been running for a really long time, I started up a new group, and there was a guy who had like pretty much an encyclopedic knowledge of three five. Except there was a rule, and he couldn't quite remember exactly what book it was in, and he could recite book, page, column, paragraph
1: for oh, most yeah. of them.
0: And he basically was like, I know it's here, I know it's here. He grounded the game to a halt for two and a half hours going through books looking for it. And he wouldn't just let me house make, make a, a ruling and just go with it, we'll find it later and we can retcon things. No, no, it has to be done right. It has to be done this way, right now. And he ruined the rest of that game because we didn't play for the rest of the night because he was looking for a rule and he wouldn't stop and let anybody else do anything because this had to be figured out. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I've started doing from now on is I will tell everybody, Hey, I may not know it exactly, but I know it well enough. And I know the underlying principles. I'm going to make it up. And then we can we can look for it in the off time. Mm -hmm. Now I have a new player that's in my new group, and he has an amazing recall for Pathfinder rules. And he may be like, you know, I'll just like boom, just roll this. I don't know what the I don't remember what the rule is, just roll this, go, boom, we go on. He will then, when it's not his turn in between actions and when he's not doing something else he will look for that rule he'll find it and then when we take a break he'll be like oh remember that thing i'm like yeah he goes here's the rule for it cool and And that's he does it respectfully he doesn't like derail everything so that he can get his words in
2: well, and I think you know that's kind of one of the ideas Null has was thinking of when he first recommended this as a topic. Is how do you fit what you're doing with your players, and what are some of the examples that you've had as a player or a GM, Null, that kind of show how to change the rules to have more fun?
3: Um, just in general, in terms of allowing things in the game, like that could normally break it but trying to find ways to fit it in characters wanting to play concepts that fit this narrative they want to play and going okay you know um, I'm trying to strain to try to remember particular events with it <laughs> yeah well, well, mean, also, that's uh, one of the things yeah <laughs>
0: but there's there is an old system that I love and like rules is written it's impossible to start playing as a pilot in now, Star this, Frontiers.
2: And this is this is a sci-fi game where you're in space playing between aliens yeah. in the far flung reaches of the galaxy. Yeah, and, and you can't
0: do it for like it's probably close like I think if you were to just never spend any of your experience and save everything, it's over ten games. Easy. Yeah, it,
2: it was 10 to 12 games when I was doing the math on, on the average rewards, just <laughs> to start as a pilot. To, to start as a pilot. Now, you're supposed to have already been
0: a pilot. So you're that's not getting anything else better. That's only saving for your pilot. And you're going to fall behind everybody else while you're saving to become a pilot. So it ends up probably being closer to three or four times that.
2: But that's kind of an example of where... When I'm looking at Star Frontiers, and, and I'll be honest, I'm working on it for a future card catalog because of a damn you Zen moment. <laughs> <laughs> see, our, see our running theme this episode? I, see that. Uh, I, I yeah, love I'm it. De- yeah, I'm debating whether to make a way to get to piloting faster. And that's a house rule where it can fit what you want to do in a game and in a system. Uh, to make a house rule to have more fun another option you'll see is in some of the crunchier games to ignore some of the rules or to increase some of the uh bonuses just to allow for a more cinematic style play where it's easier to succeed. you can a lot of times have more fun unless you're playing with a bunch of theater kids who all are very deep into method acting like my friends and I might have been um. <laughs> Well, but here's another thing to keep
0: in mind. And and I'm going to throw this in here right now because while all of this is, you know, we're talking about the rules and how to fix this, house rule that, try to make it more fun. There is a very fundamental rule that's in most game design now. And that is that we need to have that golden rule apply, which
2: is – The GM is always right.
0: Well, not just that the GM is always right, but all the rules are guidelines. They're not hard, fast. They're not written in stone. They're written on paper, folks, or digitally. They can all change. And keep that in mind. This is part of the reason why this is an important topic because most people just say, oh, this is the rules. I have to follow the rules. Well, we're this, showing you that wait, you, these are ways you don't have to.
2: This also yep. plays into a future discussion we're going to have about picking a system to fit your play style and fit what you want to do. Because some systems are better suited for certain kinds of games. Isn't that right? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, Jules, your favorite game of all times is extraordinarily well-suited for what it does.
1: But you can't play D&D with it. You can't do a full dungeon crawl. It doesn't lend itself to the move, scout, look, you know?
3: That sounds like a challenge.
1: <laughs> no. It,
3: <laughs> that sounds like a the, challenge.
1: I, I'm talking, you know, like the the, the <laughs> world's world's longest dungeon kind of a thing. Yeah, You know, because the leveling up system doesn't fit to it and stuff like that.
2: And so some... And
1: FYI, guys, the one thing you guys, you were talking about changing rules for fun. The other thing is also, um, you did forget to mention is, sometimes you can change the rules for just one person. All right? Somebody just, you know... just. And it can be temporary while they're learning stuff. So usually, if it's like super tacticky, but say they're they're not really good at it, you know what? Hey, G- they they get a free GM uh, suggestion. They they get like a chip for it. They can pay in a chip. Huh. Yeah, you know it. You are talking about making it fun, which is great. But the thing is, sometimes in order to get a character up to speed, or make somebody comfortable, or if they're disabled in some way. As lo- if it doesn't, you know, op it and it because if they're not having fun because they like say they can't spatially understand something or something like that and they or they don't know the world so they keep making all these etiquette faux pas even though they've read the book but they still don't know it. You know what they you, that's still changing the rules. Yeah,
3: true, true.
1: That's the the one thing is the you don't know it and the rules changes sometimes. I have to be for, uh, are, you know, important for play, but sometimes they're also important. So somebody, you know, is not just sitting there crying or, or just feeling all bad about themselves because it's a big honking battle and they suck at tactics. Yeah. You know, like, hi, I'm that person. I can't play tactics games. I'm the I'm the kind of person is I don't know what I'm doing. Stick grenades to myself, and I'll just suicide my character because then I'm out, out of the game, and I can leave.
3: Mm. I think that also kind of goes to making the playstyle match the group, but that's definitely a topic. To, I think we might have actually covered at one point. Yeah, and and, and we're I gonna circle back around it. to it again. Um, small switches As
1: we always do.
2: Small sw- <laughs> small switches inside a system can uh, effectuate a better playstyle match. Uh, for example, I talked about you know the White Wolf Street Fighter game because I am absurdly obsessed with that as one of my favorites of all times ever on card catalog. American. But if you want to play more of a Wuxia inspired game you may want to change the street fighter rules where the weapons all do normal damage instead of aggravated damage because you see a lot more fist to sword fights in that style than you do in you know the street fighter style the difference between crouching tiger hidden dragon and blood sport and that one simple shift of weapons do normal damage instead of aggravated goes a long way to that play style matching the system you're using.
3: Right. Now, yeah. mm-hmm. when it comes to matching playstyle match, that actually was the source of this topic because I mentioned this a couple episodes back. I had, uh, It was one of my kind of uh, extra messen- mentions was the animated spellbook where they had changed D&D to get rid of a couple of spells that allowed a survival style campaign to be able to be played in that game because even the lowest level spells in that game make it almost impossible for you to starve in the woods.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you just find a way to like take things away. Yeah. And that's, that is a difference in it's, it's a play style that's mismatched by the system, but you can make that system work. You just have to find little tweaks and, Mm -hmm. and other things to make it fit what you want it to do. Because again, the rules are not hard and fast. They are,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, they're meant to be guidelines.
1: They're a framework. They're they're a framework. They're not the definitive color of the room inside the house. They're okay. Here's our walls, but you know what? We can knock. We can put a hole in this wall, and make that a door. We can you can paint it green. It's still a wall. It's still a room. Yeah, and we're all still in it.
0: Yeah, you know. But it's just see,
1: sometimes. Sometimes you need to knock a little bit out so you get some airflow. So sometimes it doesn't stagnate. Mm, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> but there's also, there is still also another, there's one last thing that you usually want to do things like this with.
2: And that's when you're trying to fill in the gaps. And this, this is where it, it's oh, something, yeah. yeah, something consistent with the existing rule set. It's not a mismatch. But I mean, even GURPS, which had a table for almost everything, only had a table for almost <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you've got to interpolate. You've got to extrapolate exactly what it is you want to make that rule. Uh, The example I think I've gotten thrown in the doodly-doo is if in Earthdawn, you need to make a charisma plus lore step check to get the librarian to agree to let you into the special collections, that makes complete sense, and we know how that works. And you jot it down for the same test next time. Yeah. There's not a whole – it's not to have more fun. The rule wasn't broken. It was just, oh, wait, I'm a GM. They didn't lay everything out for me. I need to make sure this gap is something that if it's going to come up multiple times, I know what it's going to be.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes systems mm-hmm. even have that built in for you to change the rules that way. Uh, for example, in D&D 5th edition, I don't keep going back to D&D right now, but I've been playing a uh, campaign a bit. That's fine. But hey, they wrong with it. have rules in the Dungeon Master Guide for adding the extra attributes of honor and sanity. While honor takes very much the role of charisma a lot of times, it makes sense if you're playing a game where not just being a pleasant speaker, but your reputation actually really mattering too, to having that type of attribute.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that is very true. Uh, the other one that I was thinking of was the old World of Darkness. Mm because what you could do when you had you could theoretically so like if you wanted to create something so like say you wanted to create a piece of artwork well was it an actual piece of artwork which would be a dex plus you know craft or was it a you know charisma plus you know, artistic expression or whatever. Well, I don't remember what it is anymore. But if Performance it Performance or the secondary right, skill,
2: artistry could, you could or... You
0: do that to create a song or a poem. It wasn't, you know, this and this every single time to do something. You could find a different way to tweak those roles to do different versions with a very small set of skill attributes and well and make and I, it work if you need to have a role
2: i think that the uh, best example for me in, in trying to figure out how that worked was the original thaumaturgy and if you remember the original vtm thaumaturgy Oh yeah! It was pretty much a make. Well, it was make rolls of random combinations of attribute plus ability. It was hard Uh to cheese because you had to have the strangest combination. Yeah, you had to have the strangest combinations of everything to actually pull it off. And so the idea of making a dexterity plus lore check or a manipulation plus alertness alertness check yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. those were the kind of things that that made you do and you it, it opened my eyes to the intent behind the storytelling system.
0: Yeah. So but now this is, you know, this is for more rules heavy things. Now there's mm-hmm. if you're gonna switch to more story based, that's that's kind of another conversation. That Mm -hmm. I think is is one of those things that you know, that's I think this is this is a part one. I think that is gonna be our part two.
2: And we definitely hinted at where that starts, but rest assured we're gonna come back and revisit that soon, especially because I know Null is just brimming with concepts involved (laughs) in that. But for now, Oh yeah. But for now, please chime in on Twitter, on Instagram, on our Facebook group you know facebook.com slash group slash sees the gm find us on discord let us know what your favorite house rule is and what you think we should cover next when we talk about house rules system settings or fellow gms exactly how you've managed to get your players to do what you want them to do without the strings attached
3: yes
0: so it's it's gonna be yeah that's a good way to go but I think now that we've finished up that let's go ahead and roll on into our and now we enter stat blocks this is a segment where you can use something that we've created in your game tonight
2: alright Zen go first god damn it (laughs)
0: I
1: love this game. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's, we've, dear Lord, we made, a, we, we made something out of it.
0: Okay. <sighs> Samson. The stippling pain erupted down his left arm. The bullet striking him flattened in rapid succession. The mind started screaming, You are dead, fool. Get down. But he stands there, dumbfounded instead. How, you ask, can a man stand there and get riddled up one side of his body with gunfire and not really notice? Well, sometimes things happen in this world. Things like Bright Star or Titan. When the world changes, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. The world has never seen the likes of Samson. The power to withstand trauma that would lay lesser men out the strength to lift a city bus filled to capacity, and the mind like a s- iron trap, one left outside for way too many days in the rain. But his true mm-hmm. weakness is his hair, which is why no one is let too near to this beautiful and simple man. But his hair, yes, just a snip, and all that power washes away, and you're left with Sam,
3: the fashion model. Oh, nice,
1: <laughs> delightful. Oh, uh, I love I'm gonna it. I want to
3: play a superhero campaign now.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it.
3: I was like, "Good God!"
0: I, 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 had this guy like just erupt, and 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 I had to throw those little homages into previous card catalogs. <laughs> they take because the he fits oh, yeah. in that world very, very neatly. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, go to Monge, go. Okay.
2: It it took years of traveling, of searching, to find Shen Yusheng's lost books. Well, the Calligraphy is, is quite exquisite. Something about this cave must have helped maintain its integrity over the last century of Surely it doesn't have the magical powers the stories say. There's something about humidity and, and airflow, yes. It wouldn't hold the yow like that in this form. And and what is what is that indention in the side of the case? A circle, but irregular? No, no matter. It's what's inside that is your object. You read it slowly at first. Uh, The understanding and the ways that the book begins to put things in order just make sense of this world. The slight stains where the pages have been turned belie the age of the books themselves. Uh, Clearly, someone else has read it before and over and over again, yet they didn't seem to be anywhere here in the cave. Uh, Surely the answer will present itself as you read. The candle burned down, you realize. That must be why it's so dark, and you must have fallen asleep from the reading. A shame, for sure, that you did not have sufficient discipline to properly retire. But where is the book? As your eyes adjust, you you see a cave that is smooth and and marked with a tiling, unlike what you seem to remember here before. Strange sounds begin to filter to your ears. Have, Have you passed over to the heavenly realms? And what is that bright lantern loudly racing towards you? Oh. Yes. That is great. Uh, oh. I like your it. <laughs> your turn, Jules.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, The time traveler's pocket. Thank you for your most recent catalog order. This month, we are proud to introduce our new line of chronotemporal accessories. Behold, the Time Traveler's Pocket. Does your technology have that low reliability score? Are you currently embroiled in an eons log conflict with the time traveling race? Do you have a really flighty assistant? Then you need the Time Traveler's Pocket. This handy-dandy device allows you to store emergency supplies in their own pocket dimension outside of normal space-time. This allows you to access whatever you think you may need, wherever and whenever you need it. And let's be honest, this isn't the first time that catastrophe has struck. From the left-handed spanners to a new power core to a BFG with all the upgrades, this beauty can store and protect it all. So if an accident at Bikini Atoll knocks out your temporal nap trip, all you have to do is open the pocket and pull out a spare. Lost your appropriate uh, ID for a time? Ah, no problem, since you thought to put one into uh, the pocket. Did it last time. Being chased by Glorinek the Destroyer? Uh, sorry, we can't help you there. Rumor has it that guy's unstoppable and holds one hell of a grudge. Best part about the pocket is you never have to worry about losing the key. We encode the pocket to your DNA and brainwaves. All you have to do is reach behind your back, think about on the unlock command, and voila! Please be aware that this item is not exempt from issues regarding paradox or the journal consensus. Although it seems that use of this item is starting to become more accepted. Think the Mary Poppins bag or the Highlander G-string or the Magic Satchel. So invest in your future, past, and present now. Order the Time Traveler's Pocket today.
2: Nice. <laughs> yeah. And as a huge... <laughs> Wait, wait! As a huge fan huh? of a certain time-traveling, near near-do-well and fun-loving character, that just strikes home.
3: Well done. <laughs> yeah, that was that's a good one. There it, is. there it
1: is. Well, no, it was just one of the. I kept breaking stuff, and and because I'm very clumsy. <laughs> so when I buy when I buy stuff that's fragile, I always keep a spare. And I'm like, oh god, I gotta walk upstairs to get it and bring it downstairs. I'm gonna break it again. <laughs>
2: Step by step, piece by piece. Yep.
1: All right.
0: Well, let's go ahead and uh, flip on over to the next thing. Lexicon, where we give you cool words to help improve your vocabulary.
1: All right. What do you got for us? Okay. This
0: is an easy one here, folks. This is an easy one. Snuggles? No, not that, <laughs> but rookery. Oh, I know what this is. Yeah,
3: most of us yeah. do. A rookery.
1: If you watched Gargoyles, no, no, no. Gargoyle, no,
3: yes. No, 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 I know what it is. A rookery is where they make just that piece for chess sets. They just yes. make them, and then there's <laughs> yeah. a knightery, and a bishopery, and a pawnery, and a kingery, and a queenery, and, and each of those factories make each piece, and then they come together for the set. <laughs> That's where the and, assembly uh, happens.
1: Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you got it. Yes. <laughs> you guys are going to kill me. I love it.
0: So, a so rookery rook
2: for real because every <laughs> all of us know what it actually is. A gathering because of if you've watched the A, gather, a gathering else, of penguins coming to kill you. Huh. Terrifying. Sort of
0: uh, no. Well, Yes. Sort of.
2: <laughs> I am not wrong. But I just may not be as right are not as wrong. you want
0: me to be. Uh, it is uh, It is the nests or breeding place of a colony of rooks. is the first definition. Um, It's also the breeding ground or haunt, especially of gregarious birds or mammals, such as penguins.
2: Or seals.
3: Ooh, seals count as rookeries.
2: Interesting. Yes. I have learned something. And that
0: is C. And, uh, this is the next one, which I thought is actually really cool, too. It is a crowded, dilapidated tenement or group of dwellings.
1: That I also knew.
0: So, now the etymology of the word rookery actually seems to be a creation of modern English as it is spoken today. Because its first known use is 1704.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah. Really? Yes. And its popularity is actually in the bottom thirty percent of words.
2: That just means that gargoyles needs to have more reruns.
3: Yeah, Yeah, it does. Does that mean gargoyles is wrong when they called it the rookery? No, no, no,
2: no. Since it just means that the humans—they are gregarious. The humans forgot about the gargoyles, which is why the word Mm. wasn't used. And it's because Griff broke out and was around London at about 1700 when he woke up briefly that they started using rookery again. And then he went back to sleep until he showed up in world war two and the, uh, time travel part of anyway, that's a whole different podcast. Um, I think he just makes a few episodes too. <laughs> yes. I did actually use multiple episodes in that explanation because that is me. Nice. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Uh,
0: so, all right, let's go ahead and, uh, get some of these closing remarks and wrap this bad boy up?
2: Well, I will go ahead and volunteer. And I'm going to, since we're talking about breaking the rules and we're talking about uh, kind of some of these concepts, I went back to an old friend and it's a comic book and it's a, a graphic novel available right now from DC. And it's volume two of the JSA relaunch from Jeff Johns. This is one of those... Uh, sets of stories that really helped the JSA and DC comics uh, when it came out in, let's um, say, the, the 10, 15 years ago now. Uh, but it included stories like The Return of Hawkman. And if you know Hawkman and the DC universe, you know how hard it is to make his continuity fit. And this was a love letter to how you make everything crazy actually happen, but ignore the parts you don't need. So, JSA by Jeff Johns, Volume 2. That's my closing remark
3: and recommendation this time. Nice!
1: Yay!
3: Alright, Noel, what do you got? Well, I mean, my first thing is... I have a book. It's called <laughs> Doppelganger, Draco Artifactium Book One. I, I think we've got at least five it's, or six more episodes where that is still a viable closing remark. Oh, heck yeah.
1: Heck yeah. Yeah,
3: probably. It, it'll be in the doobly-doo every time, at least.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yay! But
3: I actually have a second one beca- that I developed just because of the comment earlier this episode about Monopoly not being great. So, people are familiar with First teeth Achievement Hunters... Sometimes they do crazy, weird, fun stuff. They have a series called Hardcore Tabletop where they're playing Monopoly with real money. Like, (laughs) like there are thousands of dollars on the table. People are playing and losing real money. Oh, my God. And it is intense. The first episode's free on their side. The rest of it, you have to be like a first member to watch. But it's, it's fun. It's fun and intense. And, uh, you just gotta love it when jail becomes a refuge to not losing all your money.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Ah, so you gotta horrifying. Watch it. You enjoy it. <laughs> oh my God. I,
0: uh, uh yeah. That's just like, I just, I, I can't no, I cannot mm-hmm. do this. Oh, that will just give me like panic attacks <laughs> <laughs> for somebody else's money.
1: hmm.
0: Yeah, that's about right. Oh. Well, all right, Jules, what do you got?
1: All right. Well, um, I, I'm taking a leaf out of Gardemalje's book and um, not recommending a game or anything else. Right now, we're going to be getting into the fall halloween kind of thing and i'm betting a lot of your towns or some places nearby they have haunted history tours or something like that i recommend you guys go out attend one of these things because one it's great for inspiration for horror stories stuff like that but you also get to see kind of local legends and myths and you get to hear kind of when it started and you it's always cool when you go, when they also do like the ghost hunting and I'm using ghost hunting with bunny rabbit ears, you know, they give you an old lantern. You're going around the old town. Like we do old town Alexandria, old town, Akkwan in my neck of the woods. And they tell you like civil war stories of, and of real events. And then there's a fantastic spin to add that haunted thing. It only happens around this time. So, you know, if, if there's something like that in your area, Check it out. I mean, you know what's worse? Like, if you're really not enjoying yourself, after it's done, you can go out and get some hot apple cider. Yeah. Nice. You know, it's some exercise. It's a little bit of – it's horror storytelling like the old school around the campfire. And you get to share it with friends. What could be better?
0: Very, very true.
1: Yeah. So take us home, dude.
0: Okay. So for those of you who happen to like this – there was an author – He's written a few books. One of them might have been called "Rhyme with American Schmods. <laughs> <laughs> he may have written a comic series called Handman or something <laughs> like that.
3: Handman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right.
0: <laughs> so uh, he actually has gone back to the comic world. Well. Really? He is the inspiration. I'm not sure if it's actually him doing all of the writing, but the Sandman universe has just recently started up again. And apparently it picks up right where the last stuff ends.
2: Are we talking about the last time Daniel showed up, or are we talking about the end of just I'm, the
0: series? Because I think it's just the end of the series. It picks up there
2: because Daniel showed up in Morrison's JLA. No, no this is
0: this is something specific. This is it is the Sandman universe. It is a new line from Vertigo.
2: And we did not coordinate comic books on the same day. No, we I did promise. Not. This was absolutely <laughs>
0: unplanned. It, this actually came out about a month ago. The second one is actually out now. My wife is reading it, and she's like, You have to finish reading the first Sandman stuff so that you can start reading this because it's that amazing. And she never gives me recommendations to read. Ooh. So you know it's got to be good. Wow. Yeah.
1: Darn skipping. Because
0: we have we have different tastes in comics a lot. And she was like, you need to read this because you will draw so much inspiration for changeling and, and world of darkness and all of these other things. Like, because they're all dark and, and everything. So she's like, it fits right into all of that. And it's
1: really good.
0: So yeah, that's it. The Sandman universe, brand new line from vertigo.
3: Nice. That's pretty cool.
1: Oh, I love it. Yeah. So,
2: well,
0: I think that's going to wrap us up,
2: folks. On that note, let us know. Let us hear some feedback on going to twice a month instead of trying for four times a month and failing. What are your favorite house rules and how do you implement them? And what would you like to hear from Noel next? Maybe an opening paragraph from one of the chapters of his book. hmm <laughs> Could
3: be <laughs> I, the episode's not out there, but there may be some podcast out there that I may have read a, a small passage, and we might link it when it shows up.
1: Ooh. Teaser, teaser, <laughs> <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, <laughs> wink, right? Okay. Say them no <laughs> all. Yeah, but here it is. You know, it's we're getting into fall. This is when. The magic kind of starts to come back into, you know, creepy, ghoulies, ghosties, time with friends, magic of all that good stuff. Tweed. So, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay, it's still 100 degrees here. I'm not playing that game. It was 60. It was 60. Yeah. yeah. It was 100 today. Yeah. Well,
1: I know, I know. But, dude, it's, it's what, we're almost at the end of September? Yeah, and it's
3: still 100 here. I know. I don't don't know what y'all are complaining about it. Temperature doesn't change in Florida. It's always hot.
1: That's true. Nah, it's like, no, we're getting like 20 and 30 degree swings here. It's like 80 degrees and 50.
2: Oh, that sounds lovely.
1: It's killing my sinuses. I hate you all.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, until next time, folks, we're going to go ahead and get out of here, so. We'll probably continue this debate later. Oh, heck yeah. All right. So until we see you guys next, have a good one, man. You can contact us or the show using Twitter, Facebook, or
2: plain old email.
0: Our Twitter accounts are at Zenged,
1: at Jules Podcaster,
2: and at 2050
0: And the show's Twitter account is at SeizeTheGM.
1: You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash SeizeTheGM. Or chat with us and other RPG lovers in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash SeizeTheGM.
2: You can email questions or comments to the show at admin at seize the And if you have a few bills you want to send us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash seize the GM Podcast, and we thank you.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Seize the GM. Feel free to leave a comment about this episode on our webpage, page, Let the dice fall where they may, and we'll see you all again next week.
2: Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted materials referenced herein are held by their respective owners. No infringement intended, and no claim of ownership is implied.
0: The music for the show is Dreaming Spirit off the album Ghost Machine by The Enigma TNG. His music is released under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives, 3.0 Unported License.